Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the A to Z podcast. Here we are, your two co-hosts here. I am Alfredo Aguilar, the A and that, aka Freddie Inferno. And we're gonna and then to the Z, my co-host. Um, I'm Kevin Zambrano, the Z of the podcast. And we're about ready to go, aren't we? Yeah, and so uh <laughs> today what we're gonna be talking about to start the show off is the hiring of a new head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer. So this is a pretty big signing for the Jaguars. One, because Urban Meyer hasn't coached in probably about three or four years now. Mm-hmm. He's had uh, health issues where he was advised to not coach because of how stressful it can be on him and his health. And uh, for those of y'all who don't know, Urban Meyer has won a national championship with Ohio State and with Florida. He was the coach when Tim Tebow was at Florida. Mm-hmm. He was a coach for who was it? It was Zeke Ohio, was at Ohio State. Zeke was Ohio State. Like, it was like JT Barry, Braxton Meadows, all, all them. those guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's not coached for a couple years. For for those of y'all who don't know, that's his coaching background. He's been on Fox though. If y'all seen him, seen him or heard of him on Fox, that's where you've probably seen him at. Um, he's a really really good college coach. There's been a lot of questions how he's going to transition to the NFL though. Uh, what's your take on this so far, Zam? Um, so far, I'm waiting. I'm on the fence about it because, of course, Urban Meyer is just a such. It's he's in the college football eye. He's one of the best coaches that there ever was, behind like say Nick Saban and all those guys, and what he's done with like programs at Florida and at Ohio State, and the talent he's had and the talent he was able to recruit there and have there is was spectacular in what he did. But like the thing is, I want to see what he does with as far as getting the coaching staff to the NFL? Like, is he going to bring people that he coached with at Ohio State? Is he going to bring in, like, people with good backgrounds in the NFL? Is That's all that loads to me. Like, Jacksonville has a good hire here. They have a good hire in Urban Meyer. You don't know what you're going to get from him, which is, like, which is the most confusing part about it. But I like Urban Meyer going to the NFL. Um, I would have liked him to stay in college football, maybe coach at USC, but it, it's fine. Um, but Urban, it was either for Jacksonville, it's a new fresh start. Now you got the number one pick for him and maybe you're you're guaranteed getting Trevor Lawrence, who's a generational quarterback. And so you just build from there. I'm just willing to see what more can Urban Meyer do? Like, what does he bring in as far as his staff? Like who's going to be his OC, who's going to be his DC and so on and so forth is what I'm looking for. Yeah. And, um, he's, he's the classic. Will college football coach transition to the NFL job? And we've seen it a lot of times before where they don't transition very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big one is, is uh, the one who everyone goes back to is like Nick Saban back when he took over the Dolphins. And he just absolutely like did not work out there. Yeah, and, and, another and then good, he goes back to college and he is like the greatest college coach of yeah, all time. Yeah, and another good example would be um, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> like he did a spectacular job with Penn State putting the program back and getting them back. He made some mistakes at Penn State, like putting the last names on the back of the jersey as far as just that. But, like, the things he did with Penn State was good, and then he leaves and takes the Texans job, and then just completely – he starts off really well for them and gets them to the playoffs and everything, but then recently it didn't transition well, and now he's gone back to college football to be the OC at Alabama. But, like, it's just just if you can stand the tide, if everything. And I think Urban Meyer is – the right coach for this and 
he's probably I think he's probably going to transition well from leaning on Cliff Kings Cliff Kingsbury is another good eye to look at like to see you know like he did pretty good in college football and now look at him in the NFL and look at what he's doing yeah and um I think the the biggest thing is so being like a big watcher of the Pat McAfee show I know that he talks a lot about how some coaches will try and do what they do in college mm-hmm. in, in the NFL and how it doesn't necessarily translate very well every single time. So, like, I know something that I've heard is, like, some coaches, college coaches, will try and, like, enforce, like, strict rules. But it's, like, it's different when you're teaching, like, kids still how to play football versus when it's grown men who are getting paid to play football. Yeah. So, it's very important to see how Urban Meyer transitions from being in the college game for so long, taking years off, and then now transitioning into the NFL. And, of course, he gets to roll in there with with the quarterback of his choice that he probably wanted, which is, like, Trevor Lawrence. So he gets to start his franchise off literally from, like, ground zero and gets a franchise quarterback to start it off with the first overall pick. Mm -hmm. And it's not only that. You're going into – you're not going into a very easy division as well. You're not going in to play a cakewalk of division. You're going to play the Texans twice. You're going to play the Titans twice. And you're going to play the Colts twice. And all those teams have are very good in sound, other than the Texans, are very good in sound <laughs> defensively. And they can put up points offensively. Now, the Texans can do that. Which offense. all three teams can, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so you just got to figure out what you're going to do. And that's what I want to see what he does. Like, who does he bring in as an offensive coordinator? Who does he bring in as a defensive coordinator? Like, what is he going to do? Like, is he going to bring in guys that were good, with, that were in his staff at Ohio? Like, just – are you going to pluck from other coaching staffs and bring in from there? That's the main thing I want to see. Yeah. And um, like just going based off of like the scheduling and how like that, like division is lined up now. I don't even three to four years ago, everyone was like, Oh, the AFC South is really bad. Everyone always finishes seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven. Mm-hmm. But uh, like these teams are all pretty close if in not, terms of like, if not close and, to being and, playoff teams. Yeah, and also that, like, in terms of being, like, of how, like, competitive their games are with each other, like, every game within, like, our division was pretty much one-score games, like, all around except for, like, the Jaguars games. Uh But even now, like, moving forward, like, those should be a lot more, like, like, those games should mean a lot more and count for a lot more considering that they have a a brand-new head coach and and, and the number one overall pick is coming into this, like, group of like talented teams too Mm -hmm. yeah so i want to see what he does i i'm i'm really happy for urban meyer i'm just just i'm just ready to see like who he brings in as a staff like and who he manages to get is the main thing yeah that's probably the most important thing is 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 seeing now how he shapes out his staff if he goes with his college coaches that he used to have Mm -hmm. or if he decides to go more like nfl based to kind of get guys to help him like go along with his transition like into the league Mm -hmm. all right and uh with that that's our talk on on urban meyer being hired as a jaguars head coach on to our preview for the wild card for the not the wild card divisional divisional round preview uh we'll start just 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 like how last week we started uh the afternoon saturday game is the l is the la rounds at the green bay packers okay my pick in this game is the Packers. I- I'm riding the Packers all the way through the playoffs. <laughs> I'm just saying it right now. Probably because Aaron Rodgers is the Packers here. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, the GOAT. But, uh, yeah, um, I feel like this has the, the potential, though, to be just like last week 
where if the Rams keep it close, they can win the game. And if they can get out ahead, then they can just run the damn. Yeah, it 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 it's it solid up with their defense. That their their defense is very solid, and they proved it last week against Seattle. Now, if they can and transition to the cold weather in Lambeau, that's the big issue. You got to deal with weather, and it's it's cold in Lambeau, and it, we've seen it before. It's teams that play down south, like in LA, like in Houston, and everything, they don't adapt well to the cold. So you have to see how the Rams adapt to it and everything, because I'm pretty sure it's going to be snowing in Lambo by the time they play this game. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure with the with the weather report, it was supposed to be under 30 and snowing. Yeah. And I know Aaron Rodgers in games like that, it's, he has like 10 touchdowns and one interception since 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think Jared Goff has never even played like, like in a game like that. Yeah, and, and plus – and he has a broken hand. He still, still has a broken thumb. Or, and he's still playing with that. Yeah, broken thumb. And Aaron Donald isn't 100%. You got to think of that, too. Aaron Donald isn't playing 100% as well. So that's that's going to be a big lack there. But it's the it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch because it's not just going to be a quarterback battle. You're going to look at the outsides, too, because you have Devontae Adams going against Jalen Ramsey, who Devontae Adams is probably the best receiver in the game, right? Well, this season is probably the best receiver in the game right now. Um, and then, of course, in the backfield is Aaron Jones, who can run the ball really well and is a dynamic player as well, uh, under Matt Lafleur. And then they, and then not only that, they use play action twenty eight percent. When I was looking at it, they used play action twenty eight percent of the times at a dropback. So it's just all in their presence and what they do as an offense, and what, what how they attack and how they go when they attack the Rams defense. Yeah, and uh, it's. It's very easy to look at the Packers after how they played the past couple weeks, like coming out, like ending the season. Like they have three really solid running backs, and if they get out to like to a lead, like they're just gonna yeah. run this ball like down. Yeah, the and throw. the Packers have proven that once they have a lead, they don't let up. They they continue to pour it on. They proved it against when they played Tennessee on Sunday night when it was snowing and crazy, and they went up. I think it was what two scores. Were three scores and they never let up. They just yeah. put that game and they put the game distanced away from the way Tennessee can get into it. And it's this is a really good Packers team, if I'm being honest. I like I like the Packers as well. Um, I just I just don't think the Rams' offense. I don't think the Rams are going to come into Lambeau with the cold weather and find a good game plan in order to way to attack the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers has just been unstoppable this year he's my pick for MVP as far as everybody else's um the thing I'm willing to see is if how Devontae Adams handle or how Jalen Ramsey is able to handle um Devontae Adams because the way he handled DK Metcalf was was crazy he shut down DK Metcalf in that game against Seattle so I want to see how he performs against Devontae Adams who's been phenomenal this year as well yeah, and um, I think this game comes down to either the Packers, like, get ahead early and, like, blow them out, or this is a low-scoring game that goes down, like, mm-hmm. to the wire. And another Regardless, and another key to look into it is David Bakhtiari's out as well. So they're missing that yes. left tackle that they had usually have and that, that Aaron Rodgers is used to. So it's it, – I want to see how they handle the pass rush as well because – LA's pass rush has been really good as well. And their run game has been good as well. Don't get me wrong. Cam Akers has been running really well for them. Yeah, and uh, I know, like, 
even with all this being said and and a lot of talk like, like in the media of the Packers, like this is the one game that they didn't want to have. I still think the Packers win this game. Uh, I think the Rams will can keep it close, but if they fall behind at all and Jerry Goff is forced to throw, then this game will be yeah. out of reach. Yeah. Like that, like that's like it, it, it'll be out of question. And the Packers will just like, yeah. And another right. interesting fact I saw on Goff is that he has a a thirty four point five career passing rating in two games below thirty five degrees in his career. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, so it's, it's not, not really looking, looking good, good for him, and it's not looking good for the Rams. But uh, I, I want to, I, I just want to see it because I want to see how Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams go at it. It's going to be a fun game to watch, but I just think the Packers should just be too much for them. Yeah, so I'm picking Packers, I'm Packers as well. And, all right, so you're, you're mm-hmm. also picking Packers. So we're both going Packers in this uh, Saturday afternoon game. So now the Saturday night game, we have Baltimore at at uh, Buffalo. So the Bills are hosting the Ravens. The Ravens just beat the Titans mm-hmm. last week, and the Bills the beat the Colts last week. Uh, who who are you liking in this? Who match am I liking? It's really hard to tell. It's really hard because you can go, you can swing both ways with both teams. The Ravens, I the Ravens so went into Tennessee, shut down Derrick Henry, played a great game defensively against the Titans, and Lamar Jackson. Played like an actual good quarterback. <laughs> he didn't play like what everybody says. What I think he is is just glor- just running the football and everything. And then you look at the Bills, who played a good, a good a played a really good game offensively against the Colts. Um, Josh Allen was phenomenal, throwing touchdowns left, right, and center. Stephon Diggs is a great receiver, and that's another good matchup to see on the outsides again. You have Stephon Diggs against uh, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey against uh, Cole Beasley. And the, the way the Bills use them, I, I, if I'm being honest, I'm leaning towards the Bills. But at the same time, I can pick the Ravens because the Ravens' offense is just so fluid and they, they attack you in so many ways as well. Yeah, and um, this is a tough game for me to pick because last week I picked the Ravens to beat the Titans. But I just feel like the Bills are a lot tougher team for them to, to play and to match up like, mm-hmm. against. Um, cause I feel like Josh Allen is that much more like, like he's so much better than Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. I feel like his skill alone makes this a lot tougher matchup for the Ravens. But if the Ravens come out with that same mindset that they had last week, I think we could see them yeah, in this game. Another um, thing is the bills don't run the ball really well. They, 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 they don't have that good of a running attack and the Ravens do. And I don't, and the bills don't have that good of a rushing defense either. So like it's either like one team can attack you passing, the other team can attack you rushing, and then <laughs> so like it's just it's like a t- it's like a seesaw here. It's basically you can pick either team, and it it's just stands attended to see how it looks like in the game. Yeah, um, this is a tough one for me to pick, but I think I'm gonna go Ravens, and I'm gonna go for the upset for the second week in a mm-hmm. row with them. I feel like they got really hot to end the year. And they are hot still from last week, and I feel like they're going to keep just steamrolling, and they're going to get to an a- to, to the AFC Conference mm-hmm. Championship next week. So I'm going with the Ravens. I like the Ravens point. as well. If I'm being honest with you, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the momentum from beating Tennessee is just going to carry them. The momentum plays a big thing into this, and when you get hot in the playoffs and you get a big win against a team that's been that's been just mocking you all season, that momentum will just I feel is like a big play in this. 
And I think it's going to help. Like, I think Lamar Jackson has his mojo. He has what he needs. Um, and just, like, the disappointment from last year and finally beating the Titans, because you didn't beat them this year after they beat you last year in the regular season. And they finally beat them in the postseason and knocked them out. And he looked really solid. I think I think the momentum will carry them. And I just think the defense will just, just play the same way they played last week, hopefully. And hopefully that will get them a big win in Buffalo. Yeah, all right. So uh, for for the Saturday game recap, we both picked the Packers mm-hmm. and we both picked the Ravens. So moving on to Sunday, to the afternoon Sunday game, or the early afternoon Sunday game, it is Cleveland at Kansas City. Uh, I feel like this is a very tough game because I feel like this is the trap game oh, for, you feel the like Chiefs. Trap for the Chiefs. Because, because all like pretty much this entire season, the Chiefs have started off really, really slow, and they've kept a lot of games really close, and they haven't like put their foot on like on the gas and yeah, just blown true. teams out. And I feel like we saw that like with the Falcons in Week 16, like. Like they needed a missed field goal in order to force that game into overtime, or like yeah, yeah, like a young way Kuhn missed the field goal in order to send it into overtime. Yeah, and so, and I feel like they just had too many close games, and it's just if if they do that against the Browns, a Browns team also that's that's hot as well. They came off very very hot last week, like by blowing out the Steelers. Um. Like, like that just mm-hmm. can't happen again this week. If it does, the Browns will steamroll them with that running game because, like, they're just not going to stop Hunt and Chubb. Like, eventually one side's going to tire, and I, I I, think the Chiefs will be the ones to tire out. And plus, they took off that, that extra week, too. So they benched all their starters mm-hmm. week 17. Yeah, and then they yeah, had to buy Basically, week. they had Some two weeks off. Come, yeah. yeah, so some guys is coming off of two weeks off, like – they're a little bit slower mm-hmm. to get started. And if they start slow at all in the first quarter, granted it, it is the chiefs and they can just turn it on like that. But if they start slow and the Browns c- control the football, I can see the Browns winning okay. this game. Um, as far as me, Andy Reed is 18 and three in games following the bye week And in the playoffs, he's five and two. So to me, that shows that Andy Reed knows how to prepare his team and get his team ready to get ready after a bye week I like the chiefs a lot. Um, I'm not Chase Claypool, and I don't think that the Chiefs will run all over them and get them out. No, I think Cleveland's going to put up a fight and put up a good game because Cleveland's running, running attack, rushing attack with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can keep them in any game. Um, like you said, I expect Kansas City to come out flat. I don't expect them to come out well, um, but I just, I just think that in the second half they'll get everything clicking, and Patrick Mahomes will get everything clicking, and everything would just go for them. And, of course, they're getting Clyde, Edward, Clyde Edwards and Lair back. Suppose, they're supposed to get him back. And I know they had two weeks off, and Russ is going to be there, and they're going to be slow to get off the brakes. But I think, I think if anything, I think they just figure it all out. I like – it's because I just – I like Andy Reid a lot, and I like what he does with his teams. And his record has showed, like, he knows what to do when there's a bye week and what to do with his team and how to get them prepared. And – um, I really like the Chiefs, but I don't. Uh, I, at the same time, you can say Cleveland can come in and win this game because Cleveland, of course, like I said, momentum has a lot to play in this. And Cleveland went into Pittsburgh, and granted, they had mistakes fall in their hands and everything, but Cleveland beat Pittsburgh legit, legitimately and clean. 
They outclassed them. They outplayed them. But I just think Kansas City has too many weapons offensively with Tyreek Hill and Edwards Alaire, Mahomes, Kelsey. And I think they just outweigh them. And they just – eventually, I think just their offense just gets it clicking and there's no way the Browns can stop them and contain them because their defense is just really lacking. Yeah, uh, ultimately, I do favor the Chiefs in, in this game, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pick the Chiefs. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns somehow – Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either game. because, like I said, when you come off a bye, you're, you're flat. Sometimes you come out flat, and they've had, like you said, two weeks off. But I just, I just really like Kansas City's team and the, what they have offensively, and they don't. They, I put, I'm pretty. I wouldn't be surprised, like you said. Cleveland's gonna put up a fight. I really, th- this is gonna be a really good thing to put Cleveland up there and show Cleveland's like actually kind of back. I want to say. All right, and uh, now we're on to the last game for Ooh-wee. the divisional round. Is the late afternoon game, uh, Tampa Bay at. At the Saints, um, so this matchup is it the third time mm-hmm. that they're playing this year, and the Saints won both matchups in the regular season. Yep, they did week one and week right? nine. Yeah, and um, the the Bucks are coming off of a win against the team mm-hmm. from Washington, but uh, that game was just fluky, <laughs> kind of all over. Like, like it, 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 it was just a. A, a weird game, like in general, and um, I I feel like this is probably the closest game out of like. If I'm being honest, this is weekend. this is the probably for me the hardest game to pick, even though I am picking the Saints because I'm a Saints fan and a diehard Saints fan, and I don't didn't and everything. But Tampa is coming in with a lot of momentum. Um, Tampa's offense is really ringing on all silent all all cylinders. Um, with Leonard Fournette getting it together, running the football. Antonio Brown finding his elite receiver speed and everything, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Brady's just de- wheeling and dealing and everything, and Gronkowski's doing what Gronkowski normally does is becoming a big red zone target and catching touchdowns, and their defense is the, the weakness I always point out, and that's the strength of the Saints. The Saints' defense is from top to bottom built and ready to play and ready to come at it, and – that's where I feel the Saints are going to come in and win this game. Their defense is getting even more help. Now they're getting more healthier and getting more back because Swearinger just came off the COVID list. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, who didn't play last week, who ended um, tied for the franchise lead in sacks, is coming back as well. And so I love – I just think the defense is just too much defensively in the Packers – and what I say the Packers are well. And they'll go on and play. And they'll go on in the NFC Championship. Yeah, uh, this game is really tough for me, for like me to pick as well. It's because like with the Bucks, you have three like number one guys mm-hmm. like in the receiving cores, and Godwin Evans and and uh, Antonio Brown, and then you have the biggest like red zone threat tight end like in league history and like Gronk, and then it's just like how do you cover all four of those guys? Like that's where that that's where I feel like the matchup will be decided is like in the red zone for the Bucks, If they can score in the red zone, I think the Bucks can, can win this game. But if they, if they cannot contain uh, Alvin Kamara, well, then he'll just mm-hmm. be all over the field all day on Sunday. And I feel like this is the closest game of wildcard weekend. I feel like this one is probably, like, 
a field goal game to a touchdown game, like three to seven. Yeah, the line's at three right now. This game. Um, I ultimately think though the Saints will win. They are favored in this game by three points or so, and they're at home and they've won both matchups this year against the the yeah and the Bucks. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go Saints here, but. Yeah, this is it's hard to beat a team three times. Weekend. It's simple. It's hard to beat a team three times. Yeah, and when Tampa is doing what they're doing right now offensively, it's hard. But like I said, Tampa Bay likes defensively. They play a lot of zone coverage. They showed it against Washington. And Drew Brees is methodical at picking apart zone coverages. He loves picking it apart. And and then with everything going in the right direction for the Saints, pray to hopefully nothing goes wrong and everybody who's supposed to be active stays active. The Saints, I feel, have a more superior roster than what the the Bucks do, and I think the Saints will ultimately win the football game. But it can go either way. It can swing in either direction because these two teams have played each other twice and they know what, they, what they're going to come in and do. And when you just got to figure out what to do is the main thing. You can't. You just can't lay an egg again. You just. If I'm the Saints, you can't come out flat in the first half again. If you come out flat, Tampa will probably take advantage, and then that's how Tampa will probably win the football game. You just can't come out flat in this game. Yeah, this is a a very important game. Um, mm-hmm. I do think the Saints win, but like. Like how you said, like like you probably watched yeah, probably like every game. Saints game this year. <laughs> I've watched a few of them, and I've watched a few. And when this offense, like like when they're moving, mm-hmm. like they can really move the ball, and like but they cannot afford to come out yeah, flat against this Buccaneers team because this team can can turn it on exactly. Like, and just, what I like, look at is week easily. one when they played Tampa, they came out flat and they didn't look good at all, and they went down two scores early. And Tampa could have put the foot on the gas and put the game away, but that defense again from the Saints came in. Janoris Jenkins picked them off for pick six, and then the pressure was getting there, and Brady was under the rest majority of the game. So that's the main key for the Saints in this game is defensively, can they come in with their game plan and contain Antonio Brown, contain Mike Evans, and contain Chris Godwin? The thing is, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are dealing with injuries as well. So that's the main thing to look at as well to see if any of them if they're going to be but they're probable to play so I mean I'm pretty sure they'll play through it. Yeah, and um, so that's going to wrap up our picks for the divisional round of the playoffs. So just recapping real quick: Saturday we uh-huh. are both going Packers and Ravens for the Saturday games, and then we're both going for the Sunday games: yeah, so Chiefs this and is the first Saints. That we're picking the same pick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so we're picking the same way for this week, and then so moving on from the wild card weekend, and then moving into uh, the divisional round weekend. There, there was a lot of news this week about oh, teams who got knocked out, <laughs> and teams in particular <laughs> were the Steelers, and Juju being disrespected is what Chase Claypool said. Um, I don't feel it's disrespectful because Juju is the one who would go yeah. out onto each team's logo and dance, Corvette dance and do his dance <laughs> on TikTok. And Chase sees that as uh, unprofessional and that teams were salty that he was doing that and that he and that Chase was in turn salty because they lost. 
Um, and granted, he's still a mm-hmm. kid. He's probably 21 or 22 years old. But it's like you're like a, you're a professional athlete and you represent yeah. like a certain brand now. And like, like, <laughs> like that just looks so bad. Like, yeah, you yeah, didn't like, see like, any of the Titans players coming out and say anything for from the Ravens or anything. And the Ravens stomped on their logo. Like, that's probably the most disrespectful thing you could do in football. And, like, they didn't they didn't say anything. Like, it happened. They got knocked out. And then Claypool. And it's just – it's just it, – they, they put themselves – they talked all that mess and didn't deliver. That's basically them. And they're being babies about it is what I'm pretty much looking at because Juju called them the Browns is the Browns. And the Browns went in there and whooped their ass. Like <laughs> – yeah, yeah it, it it's just a uh like a lot of trash talk between Division. teams who are within like the same like yeah and and these guys like all this does is make their matchups next year just like mm-hmm. more appealing and more fun to watch. Like that because division all this looks is just elite. to get brought back up. That com- that division looks competitive as hell. Three of their, their division division made the playoffs. And not to mention yeah, and with, then the the, the, the ones Bengals that didn't. Like Joe Burrow is coming up with like Joe Burrow. And so, like you, it, that division is going to be a lot of fun to watch because it's Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Cincinnati and Joe Burrow's coming back, but sadly he's going back from a torn ACL and that's really hard to come back. But man, I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow can come back from it. And like it, it it's going to be it just fuels adds fuel to the fire if anything. Like onto going into the next games and and everything and whatnot. It's just like last year with the Saints in Minnesota, like. The Saints were the two seed getting knocked out by the six seed in Minnesota. And everybody was just like, wow, and all this. And granted, it pissed me off because <laughs> it, it pissed a lot of us off because you, you just don't want to see your team go home. And after all that, and you think they can easily get an easy win and everything. And that just happened. Yeah. And um, also, like, with the whole thing with, like, Juju, like, He's not under contract for next year, so if he doesn't come back, then mm-hmm. Chase mm-hmm. has to step up right. to become either the 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 top guy there or like a like one A like Beyonce Johnson with, with like uh <laughs> yeah with him and um his name just like slips like, right through just like his but hands. Anyways, so Chase, <laughs> yeah, so Chase next year potentially will have to step up, like immensely next year without Juju there because Juju still had I think like 95 catches mm-hmm. this year like he still caught like a lot of balls like like his yards and touchdowns weren't like there all the way but uh Chase really showed that he could play this year I think he had like 13 touchdowns this year or some of that or 11 it was like nine receiving touchdowns two rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. like he played good this year but now he has to step it up and show that he can do that as like as a primary yeah, that's, target that's the main thing. on the and Steelers team. That and like we said, it's just it's just childish what he did, if I'm being honest with saying that the Chiefs are just gonna run over the Browns. It's just you just can't like that just it just shows like like you're a professional athlete now, there's a certain aspect and respect to teams and everything. Like you can say that in the locker room, but you can't say that to like to everybody on the freaking <laughs> on social media because then like what if the Browns go out and <laughs> go out and win in Kansas City, like now you look like a dumbass. Like now, now it's just like everybody to come in and meet yeah. you again, and then it's just every, it's just like everything just getting turned on against you, you know? Yeah, and um, it it it, it just goes to show that they're that with 
social media and mm-hmm. the effect that it has on people like in the league that it can still yeah. lead to people saying really dumb things. And like like I don't mind it because we're still like in that 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 age group and I think it's funny yeah. to see all this like to see like all the shit talk. But but older heads are like, oh my god, like this thing. Like, why are you doing like, that? Like, I don't like, care. Like, I like, don't give a damn. They're supposed yeah. to talk shit to each other. They're players, like, and everything. But like, yeah, but like, there's, I guess, like, there's yeah. like certain like unwritten rules that some things all here's just something you don't do. Like in baseball, there's unwritten rules and everything, and I guess that's something you just don't do in a way. But other than that, it really didn't phase me that Claypool did it. But but if they lose, it just makes him look bad, and then makes like the rest of it just looks bad on him, really. Yeah, and um, I mean, that's just on him. Hopefully, he'll 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 learn from this because yeah, like he's and in the comes, control. It just basically comes with like getting maturity and gaining that maturity into the game, and realizing that you don't really have to worry too much about social media when you're a professional athlete. Yeah, and with wrapping that up. Mm-hmm. Every episode we end with a question. So here's the question for today. Um, who do you think finishes with a better record next year? The Jaguars Ooh, that's an one. or the um, Texans? I would say Oh man. Eesh. Um the Texans? Yeah, I'd go with the Texans because the Texans actually have like everything in line. They just gotta figure out their head coaching situation. But there, you already know what the Texans are going in with. A lack defensively, but their offense is going to put up points. I don't. You don't know what you're going to get from the Jags. Like you just, their defense is really bad. Yeah. They have one of the worst passing defense last year, and they didn't have a good. They didn't. One of they have one of the worst defenses last year in all around. And so, and their offense was wasn't that good as well either. But they do have good pieces offensively, good young pieces there, and Robinson and Chark and all those guys. But. Houston, you already have your set there. You have you have Will Fuller, you have Deshaun Watson, you have Brandon Cooks, Jordan Akins, David Johnson. Will David Johnson's a free agent, didn't he? Oh, he still got one more year left. Yeah. No, uh David Johnson's still on the roster. Oh, okay. So Will Fuller's uh, probably, Will Fuller is probably a free agent. gone then. Because I don't think the Texans can afford him. And so so like I mean, you already know when you got your franchise guy in Deshaun and you don't you it's kind of risky to play on the fence with like Oh, to say this team's going to be better with a rookie quarterback, you know, because you don't know what you're going to get from Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just like building off of that, like, my pick is also the Texans, just because, like, our quarterback is that much better than him. Like, like, like regardless of how great of a quarterback he, he is in college, like, for Trevor, mm-hmm. he, he, he still has to, like, transition to the NFL. He still has to learn new things and, like, like the 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 yeah. pace of play in the league is just that much faster, and like even just watching like college football, like you'll see guys be wide open for like ten yards, and like he can make that easy throw, and that that was like the big knock like on two of this year's like, hey, like you have to realize like mm-hmm. half a yard is open like in the NFL yeah. versus four to five yards of separation when you have like the best receivers in the country at Bama versus guys who are maybe mm-hmm. like That's true. not even gonna yeah, like make the league. True. So just seeing if Trevor can, can can transition from Clemson to to the NFL, and he will have weapons there with him. He does have Tark. He will have like uh, mm-hmm. Chanel and like Keelan Cole and then James Robinson. 
So hopefully yeah, he I want him to be well. Like, I, I want him to be good. Yeah, and it, it looks our division and it, it, so like, much better. Like I said, there's he's a generation like everybody. That's the talk of the town that he's a generational quarterback. There's plenty of them in this year's draft. Like I said, um, but he's the one I'm hoping to like show that like because like in the Ohio in the game he had against Ohio State that just doesn't show who he is as a quarterback. That that was probably not the best game he had. Like, look at the game he had against Notre Dame. Look at the game he had in the past. Like, he, Trevor Lawrence is going to be good for a good while, if I'm being honest. I really like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I, I would Texans to have a, 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 like, better record next year. Mm-hmm. You, all right. You do as well. And with that, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, thank you for tuning in again to another A to Z podcast episode. We are your co-hosts. I am Freddie Inferno, also Alfredo Aguilar. I'm ESPN Zambrano, otherwise known as Kevin Zambrano. I am the Z of this podcast. (laughs) All right, And with that, 